You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! 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 One, two... Tell you what, this summer's really dragging its heels, isn't it? Very little movement on the transfers front, no new moves, and even the moves that were expected haven't moved. So there's very little point in doing a moveless let me talk. So we've got something a little bit bigger picture for you today. I'm David Mooney. I am joined by the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. All right. Yeah, there's nothing going on, is there? Yeah, it's just absolutely... It's a, it's a shocker. Dead as a doornail. Yeah, nothing going on at all. Yeah. Um, so... Well, uh, yeah, there's stuff, flo- stuff floating around. Enough um, enough for an well, hour's podcast, no, though? Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare drag out more Walker, Mario stuff, Guardiola stuff. I wouldn't dare. Um, you know, it's obviously floating around, but yeah, Jesus. I kind of wish they would do this big squad refresh. But <laughs> give us something to talk the, about. The yeah. thing, I, I, well, no, it's just the fact that I feel like it's overdue. But then you look back at it to probably, you know, the team that from, I don't know, let's say the not the first day of the season before last, because that was that weird game at Spurs when there was a quite quite a changed team anyway. But the, the team's probably changed a lot in like a year or two without us noticing. Yeah. But it, it feels like, because obviously the Champions League final in Porto, that was when four or five players wanted to go, but none of them did. And it just feels overdue that they they sell four or five players and bring in four or five and it felt like this summer might be the one but um, well yeah at this point it's still unlikely but obviously with the same caveats as if Bernardo Silva goes then they'll they'll do something else yeah I mean I mean I didn't plan to do this um, but let's just have a look uh, because obviously the uh, Champions League final is um, uh, it was tw- 2021 so it's two years ago the uh, the Chelsea game Let's just have a look at the team that started that. Um, so Gundogan's gone, Zinchenko's gone, uh, Sterling's gone. Um, well, that's it really. So it's still quite a still quite a similar side. But Fernandinho, Gabriel Jesus, Aguero came off the bench, all of which have gone. So yeah, um, they they always try to refresh the team kind of every year, but just not in. Well, maybe it's maybe everyone else's definition is fits better with that but for me you know you think oh let, let's you know when Guardiola was leading up to that final saying you need to shake the team you need to move you just think okay here it comes yeah. um, also yeah, on the bench has, Ferran Torres really. gone Eric Garcia gone yeah. Joe Cancelo probably gone Laporte yeah, likely to I mean, go so it's still yeah, yeah changing yeah exactly there is a lot I'm looking at the last game of last season as well against Villa so obviously you've got Edison Stones but Fernandinho's gone Laporte and Cancelo the, the plan is that they go De Bruyne Rodri Bernardo Silva you'd hope you know, Bernardo stays as well as the other two. Foden, Mares, Jesus, you know, Mares maybe. So yeah, basically with Mares, if if I was a million percent sure on this, then I'd have done something about it. So I'm not saying this is true or it's false. It's just something I've heard and not confirmed. But it's, well, basically it's the same as it was. You know, he he's not mad about going. He's not mad about staying. He's got 25 million a year offer um, and he's thinking about it. But apparently Pep, the the bid would be like something like thirty million. You know, I was like speculating before. It was purely like speculation. I was like, look, if City got a bid of fifty million, then obviously they'd accept it for a player who's over thirty. Apparently, the 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 bid would be thirty million. But even so, Pep would have some kind of say in that because obviously the squad's quite thin. Yeah. And then you got to kind of consider what's going on with Bernardo. So that's the kind of the one loose update I've got. But look, I'm not sitting here doing a Fabrizio Romano twitch saying, look, this is what's happening. 
this is just something I've heard that is is neither true or false as far as I'm concerned. But since we're sitting here on a podcast, and you can all take it in the spirit it's intended, and it certainly can't be aggregated, although I'm sure you'll try. Um, <laughs> then that's just it. So yeah, um, get on with the quiz now, I guess. Yeah. Um, so let's. I mean, let's start with. Um, uh, we could talk about the young players a little bit to start with. Um, obviously, the the under twenty one Euros has has been and gone, and City had a fair few players involved, and James Trafford, who is a City, who was a City player but left this summer, um, been be an interesting sort of uh, sort of take on this because it's one of those I think where um, I mean the run up to this summer has, has, has been I think you did a piece on it as well about why do City get so much money for the the uh, young players and yeah. this is kind of a good example of why because they're actually really good <laughs> yeah well I mean I kind of just took that as read in, in the article you know I mentioned Trafford and obviously look it, it does look like a high fee uh, and the fact that Burnley are signing him and Burnley are going to be in the Premier League makes you think okay well he hasn't played in the Premier League and then you start going down the route of oh he's only been on loan in, in League One. But, you know, you look at it and you get 78 appearances for a young goalkeeper. Chances are that's not going to be at the top level. Um, we know that, obviously, there was one last season, Gavin Bazunu, who was, came through at City. Obviously, they signed him when he was 15, 16 from Ireland. But he went and had loan in in the Football League. He had two loans in the Football League. Went to Southampton. It didn't go well, to be fair. But with Lavia, who we'll talk about, Lavia obviously did go well. And... Basically, City got a bit lucky there in the in the sense that Joe Shields had gone there, and Joe Shields was head of youth recruitment um, at City for years, and he you know brought Sancho to the club, but there's so many others as well. Um, so he went there, and obviously he trusted. He had he had to like bring in young players. That's what Southampton wanted to do. So obviously he was like, well, I know a load of young players from City, so I'm going to go and sign them. He's left, but Jason Wilcox is there, and then you got the Shea Charles element. So that's just the same kind of thing. Um, but it's just the they're good players. And obviously, look, Southampton have gone down now, so it makes probably more sense for them as a championship club to be looking, as it did with, you know, Doyle and McAtee at Sheffield United. But like, they're just good. But apart from them just being good, it's what I tried to put across in the article is there's there's like a seal of approval in terms of City Academy players now because scouts, coaches, at other clubs... And obviously the ones who have left City to go to all the clubs, they know how good these teams are and they know how good the setup is. And whether they've come through from under nines and you know they've been signed from around Greater Manchester in what's called the Junior Academy, or whether they you know, because James Trafford was signed as a 12-year-old from mm. Carlisle. Um, that was a, apparently um, someone up there was like, there's this really good goalkeeper who lives on a sheep farm. And I tapped up someone at City and was like, I think you should come and have a look. And it was, it was and James they, Trafford and, 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 and they all, signed him. They all flocked over there to have a look. Well done. Yeah, yeah, you can have that one. You can have that one. So, and, but yeah, it's things like that. So whether the, you know whether they're brought in early, early or signed a little bit later, but still at 12 or signed, because uh, like, Lavio only came over when he was 16. And obviously he was quality anyway and then City developed him. But it's like, it's, I don't want to say the longer you're in the City Academy, the, the, the better or bigger the seal of approval. But... As if you've been in that academy for a number of years, people are looking at a city youngster now going, I, I want a bit of that. Yeah. Um, and, and like, it's the same thing that United youngsters had. You know, any United player that, you know, turned out for like a, a League Cup game under Ferguson 20 years ago, 
would always get a move because it had that United seal of approval kind of associated with Beckham and Skulls and Neville and, and Button, all that kind of thing. It's really funny, that, the- that point actually is really funny because, um, you know, if you'd have asked me when I was kind of 14, 15, 16 and City were like dogging around the middle of the Premier League and kind of not achieving that much... And you're talking about the United youngsters that would play three games in the first team, a few League Cup games, and then get a, a five to ten million pound move. Like I, I would have said as a City fan, God, it's it's really dodgy that in that it's really really dodgy how, <laughs> how United keep getting these move, these uh, this money for for players that have done nothing. And then you look at it from the other side of the fence, and now I'm a City fan looking at City's players getting these moves for that sort of thing. Going, yeah, yeah, that it really makes sense how they get the money for these players. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the thing is, I suppose, I mean, I guess there's an element of United putting them in the shop window. And there was probably, you know, an element of all the Football League managers just ringing Fergie going, what's this guy like? And he was, oh, he's a great place to sign him. And then they just do. You you can imagine that that being the case. But, I mean, I think, you know, City, there's an element of being put in the shop window, but obviously not in the first team, because Pep's not going to, as we always say, he's not just going to give out minutes. Was a gift, yeah. you know. You, you got to earn it, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I think maybe in the academy, there's a bit. You know, these these guys could maybe play a bit more um, for for different reasons. But I think genuinely, there is a you know, there's obviously a big push on developing players, and that's one of the big things they like about Brian Barry Murphy. Because obviously, if if Pep wants a full like shadow team to train with his first team on Friday, and the best youngsters aren't available to train or then even play, let's say you know Guardiola takes it. A big bench um, for a, a League Cup game on the same night the City have got a Papa John's game or something. Barry Murphy's like, yeah, great. Well, we'll just call up some of the best under 16s and work with them instead. So, yeah. like, there is there is like a kind of ongoing convey about thing of developing these guys as well. Um, but yeah, like, I think we've mentioned this on a detailed show. I, I might have mentioned it on a, on another show as well, and it's a bit annoying because it's a video that basically can't I can't share. But I I have seen highlights and I've sent them on to you to you, you know, from like an under-11s tournament. Genuinely, the way they're knocking the ball around is like a pep team, isn't it? Like, yeah. It genu- genuinely is. And then, yeah, the the scouts and the coaches, they see this all the way through. And like like Darko Goyabi, who went to Leeds last year for five million, and he, you know, but he was going straight into their under-23 team. He was another one signed by Joe Shields when he was 15 from Millwall. Not really highly rated. And look, another part of this is when City do sign players at that kind of 14, 15, 16 age. Obviously, they can make really good offers. They can pay a lot of money to the clubs and offer good wages. Um, they don't sign all the players that they try and get that way, and there's other clubs that do that as well, which, which I suppose is very similar to the first-team transfers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but Giabi was another one of those really high, highly rated players and then gets a few years of coaching at City. And then if he's on the market, teams who wanted him four or five years ago when he was a youngster... Looking at him now, thinking, well, he ain't got worse. He's got, City. Yeah, and he's had four or five years of City training. Yeah, uh, yeah, and now he's available. So here's five million. Here's five million for him. So yeah, I mean, obviously the quality itself is there. And look, it was an easier point to make after the under twenty ones final because when Trafford saves a penalty and then saves the follow up in the last minute of the final, people are like, oh yeah, actually he is quite good. Um, but yeah, the the players themselves are quality, um, but just that element of why their quality you know they've had they've had great coaching they've had they, they've been part of a great setup for years um and i suppose that's that is testament to city because like in recent years and since what was it 2015 when rodolfo Barral came over steve torpy came over 
and Darren Hughes came over to basically go, right, this is how we're running the academy now. Because they were at Liverpool and City wanted to import that Barca DNA in their academy as well. And through Burrell, they were like, right, come and do the coaching syllabus. So throughout all the age groups and stuff, you know, that's how now these under 11s and probably younger um, are able to play like Pep's teams. Because, you know, it's all it's all coaches all on the same syllabus and they all work towards that goal at every age group. But, like, that was 2015 onwards. So you've got kids who are coming through in recent years to benefit from that. But Foden, Palmer, McAtee, Howard Bellis, Doyle, Trafford, you know, these guys... Like, Foden, because he, he, like, on a, he didn't sign officially when he was six, but he was around City since he was six. That was before the takeover. Yeah. So this kind of coaching, and even when they've had different directions, because in the first few years of, you know, when they tried to do the CFG, well, they did do the CFG, but also their youth approach then was, let's go and buy young, good players like Raheem Diaz and Kaleti Iheanacho, and they can be in our first team. But obviously there's been more of a focus on homegrown talent in recent years. But even before when it was a bit, like before the takeover, early years of the takeover, and then early years of the CFG when they were buying in like Brahim Diaz and stuff, that coaching's always been able to produce a player like Phil Foden, Cole Palmer, guys like this. But now it's, you know, that, that syllabus has been in place since 2015. They've been refining it over eight years. And we're, we're talking about the under-11s now. So it's going to be years before people even start hearing their name in the mainstream. I'm not saying I know all of the names. There's probably a couple of names I've been told that I don't remember off the top of my head. But we're probably five or six years away before these start cropping up, going, oh, you know, this City player is looking good in the under-23s or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, going, you know, maybe even being bought at, at 18 before that level like Darko Giabi was. Because I don't think Darko Giabi had, like, a big footprint among the City fan base last season. Um, I mean, Shea Charles has only just... Um, on people's radar, obviously he's the under twenty three's captain. He came on, didn't he, against Brentford last Brentford, game of the season? Yeah. Um, the old Fergie shop window, because uh, <laughs> they, they don't need it. They don't need it. Like the reputation of these lads is good enough. So yeah, um, it, it's it's quite exciting, really. But it, it's quite funny as well because you speak to like coaches and stuff around City, and they're always so excited by like the players they've just signed and like the the nine year olds, the ten year olds, and like they're convinced that like so many of them are going to play in the first team one day, and you just you never know. Um, but it's like, obviously, as good as you know, for Doyle and Harwood, Bellis and Palmer to be doing what they've been doing in either you know the the Euros in in Palmer's case specifically, but the other two with you know going on loan to the Championship, McAtee as well doing really well. These are top players that they're, they're pulling out to be able to be like influential at that age. These are top players, but then obviously Foden is a few levels above them in terms of like he's just unbelievable. Again, again, Rico Lewis too. I should throw his name in there. These. These guys are unbelievable, but it's like people around City are thinking, "Well, yeah, like there's there's loads of them coming through, yeah, because there's there's loads of top talent being brought in, and they're going straight into a a system that really seems to work. So yeah, it's not it's not going to end. And like I, I put in my article, so when did I write it last week? Wednesday, Thursday, and I just put in the more obvious ones, like you know, I was like I said, Doyle and Harwood, Bellis and Palmer, you know, they'll be available for loan transfer. Uh, and, it, and it wouldn't be a surprise. I thought, but I said Callum Doyle, Luke Mbete, and Josh Wilson Esbrand because I was just picking up players who've been alone in the championship. Um, but I was looking at it. I was like, they're slicker as well. I was like Morgan Rogers. And look, M- Morgan Rogers. But obviously, he's he's gone to Middlesbrough. It doesn't say if there's a fee, a fee or not. I, I, I might, should be able to find out. I don't know if there's a fee yet, but nothing's been mentioned. And he costs. Well, there's some reports four million. I I had seven or eight million in my head. Maybe it's a case of add-ons, that kind of thing. 
But, you know, City obviously spent a few million on that kid and, and that investment didn't quite work. And now he's gone to Middlesbrough. Um, so, that, you know, I can't sit here and say, oh, well, I can't sit here and talk about the academy being brilliant in all the senses that it is and not mention some of the stuff like that. So obviously he's an example of where it doesn't quite work. And if we're talking about profits at the end of the summer, then I suppose at some point you've got to subtract the, the 4 million or 8 million or whatever that they spent on Morgan Rogers a few years ago. But yeah, if you if you look through that team and like, yes, yeah, Slick is now being linked with a move away. In fact, I looked at Shea Charles and just didn't think, I didn't think to put him in because I just thought we'd be here all day if we list them all. But since then... I think it was I wrote it on Thursday finished it on Thursday morning and then Thursday evening was the news about him going to Southampton I didn't bother changing it in the article because I was like well it just it explains why somebody like Shea Charles would go for 15 million anyway and if people were annoyed about Trafford going for what 14 plus 5 and then Shea Charles going for 15 on top of that isn't isn't going to kind of placate anyone and yeah it's easy to sit there well it's not easy to well I suppose it is easy it's stupid you know people are oh this is ridiculous. Or I'm I'm trying not to do this because we had feedback the other week. So <laughs> spent, spent too much time like getting annoyed about at fictional people on the yeah. internet, and it's like yeah, exactly. Well, not fictional. Like they are in this case, they are real. But it's like I've I've always said this in the past as kind of advice to others as well. Like it's one dickhead. Like don't don't pay any attention. But yeah, when people are like, oh yeah, company is like helping City cook their books. I was like, but like, can you imagine like a club like Burnley going? You know who we want to help out financially? Manchester City. <laughs> uh, uh, after, after Pep's double take in that press yeah, conference, exactly. no chance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it's just it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? So yeah, I mean it's it's easy and stupid and lazy and whatever to sit there and say it's all dodgy. But and look, City have had fortune in a way because now Jason Wilcox is at Southampton and he's going, yeah, these guys. But like those fees could be even bigger. But because City want the buyback clause and the sell-on clause which gives them value and the potential to have a player back in future, the fees are a bit smaller. You know, because look, Shea Charles is going for 15. Lavia went for 10, didn't he? Well, I think there might have been add-ons involved, but he went for 10. And now, yeah, um, Lavia is a bit of a sore subject among City fans at the moment, especially if he goes to Liverpool. Coming up after a short ad break, we'll continue to look at City's academy and dive into what Guardiola will bring to Pep Guardiola's side. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. There's a lot of City fans who um, are looking at, well, I mean, looking at the position of holding midfield and looking at the position of uh, Rodri in particular and how Rodri can, can get a little bit more rest because obviously can't be expected to play the entire season again and again and again and again. And then Lavi has gone to Southampton and been... I mean, you speak to any Southampton fan, they will, they'll tell you the only highlight of last season was that Romeo Lavia did so well. And that, that, yeah, that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I think I think we said on, was it one of the previous shows that they do have a buyback, but it was for next summer. Um, yes. So they, they'd have to do some negotiating, I guess, around that. But there's talk of, of uh, Liverpool being involved. Was, was it around Arsenal as well? Were Arsenal thinking about it? No. Might have no, got that wrong, were... yeah. No, they were they were reported to, but I don't I don't think they were. I don't think I don't think they were. Um, yeah. But the stature so yeah, I mean, of the club, of, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna use the phrase, but in a different context. It's gone a bit quiet now. So now I'm not that when I say it's gone a bit quiet, it doesn't mean it's not happening. It just means there's not been talk <laughs> about it. But like, if we'd have done this podcast last week, there was a bit of a moment where there was loads of Lavia stuff. I think the the post Rice stuff was still lingering, and I think there was a bit more sentiment of. Oh, we should get this guy. We can't let him go to Liverpool. Blah blah blah. All this kind of stuff. But I mean, effectively, I mean, it, it, you can't say it was a mistake. So, I mean, we'll, there's a bit of a crossover with Phillips as well, um, and we'll talk about Phillips in the members section at the end because obviously he's got that documentary coming out and he's done an interview. And we'll have a look at at that and what next season might hold for him. But uh, again, I may have said this on a details show, and if so, it may not be be out yet but basically um last pre-season they looked at phillips and they thought oh, lavia was good let's just put it that way oh, lavia was bloody good and they knew how good he was you know yeah. the people i speak to in the academy they knew and they were always like well hopefully he'll be the fernandinho fernandinho replacement but obviously that's not in their hands is it you know the academy can hope as much as they want but there's no way well, to come to fruition. It yeah. on, well, it just depends Circumstances on Circumstances, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we know we don't need to go over that ground again. He likes more experience and blah, blah, blah. But we've seen there are there are ways to do it. But with Lavia, um, yeah, they knew how good he was. But also they knew that he wouldn't be as good as he is now. They knew that we wouldn't be talking about, you know, United, Liverpool, these kind of teams wanting him if he hadn't have had that season at Southampton in the Premier League. And obviously they knew they couldn't give him that or felt they couldn't give him that. Um, last summer and it was like well you've got a great opportunity here um, you you crack on good luck we've got these clauses it may work out in the future and look if it goes somewhere else for six I remember the example it was given to me was like well, if it goes for 60 million um, what was his buy what's his salon club? yeah there's 20%. a yeah there's I think it's 20% so yeah if it, if it goes for 60 million then that's that's the 12 million in the book straight away easy um, but obviously I think people are probably looking at it now going, you'd rather have the player than, than 12 million. Um, and obviously if he doesn't go for 60 either, because if he's going for 45, because I suppose that that kind of hypothetical 60 million move was after a couple of years 
when his values really got high. And obviously Southampton hadn't got relegated. But with that leverage, it, it's a bit less. So obviously that... Um, Slice of the pie is a bit Salon less. Yeah. Is less. yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd rather have him. But I mean, you could... In hindsight, it's probably one of those where they thought if Phillips has worked out how it has and they knew how well Lavia would do at Southampton, maybe, you know, if you, literally if you go up to Pep now and say, look, this is this is what would happen, how would you want to change it? Maybe you would. But obviously, if you say, so by the way, you're on the treble, so you might not want to bother. Um, but you say, would you, like, this is how it's going to go. He's going to be really good. Phillips is not going to live up to what you expected. Would you want to change it? Maybe they would. But look, you can't ever know how that's going to go. The situation is unfortunate in the sense that we'll talk about Phillips' situation, but you know, there's work to do from him there. And Lavia may go and play really well for Liverpool, which you know, no no City fan would want. Um, but ultimately, there's nothing you can do about that at the time. Nobody knew how things would pan out. And the other part of it now is like we we've talked before about City okay, they might have had a hundred million or so knocking about to spend on rice, but it doesn't mean they just got a hundred million that they're gonna spend willy nilly, to use your uh, perfect phrase from earlier on. <laughs> but also there's just no real space in the squad now. With Phillips' situation being as it is, you know, he wants to stay um at this point, you know, uh, he just doesn't doesn't want to go, City can't force him to go, seemingly. Then they can't they can't make that space, you know, they can't just spend forty five million to bring Lavia back and then leave Phillips then in the cold, what? yeah. Or leave it yeah, leave anyone in the cold because then you've got that thing of if you've got players who aren't playing all the time, I suppose that is that was the case with Phillips, wasn't it? But that, um, again, that was that was but, one of the reasons why Phillips couldn't just come in at the end of last season. But I mean, could the same thing be happening there with Lavia though? In that case, could you end up with just with two players on the books who aren't going to come in because they've got Rodri in the way for most games? Um, no, because I think if you're talking about the end of the season, I suppose you've got to kind of think how you get to the end, and you, you're then looking at maybe like Lavia the FA Cup games. Yeah. For example, and yeah, the other games that you didn't start. Let's say, for example, now those two players, Lavia and Phillips, were there. And next season, Pep might say, "Okay, well, yeah, you can play in this game." You know, Sheffield United at Wembley in the semi-final. Maybe he wouldn't have put Lavia in for that because you know maybe that's part of that hypothetical situation where last season Lavia had stayed and Phillips had gone. Would Guardiola have put him in at nineteen? Possibly slash probably not. Um, so. Yeah, you'd you'd have that situation maybe where he does he does maybe get into the, into the team now, knowing what we know now. But with just Phillips being there as well, and Kovacic being able and you know penciled in at times to play as a holding midfielder as well, there's just there's just no room for him, and it is really unfortunate in terms of it's not unfortunate for him because if he wants to go to Liverpool or anywhere else, yeah, and play there, he'll, 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 he'll be yeah. delighted with that. Yeah. But it's unfortunate for City that a player they had could go for relatively little look 45 million for a kid from albeit they bought at 16 but a kid from the academy to go 45 million before his 20th birthday or around his 20th birthday at least without googling it is impressive but yeah looking at it from a fan point of view especially if Liverpool involved you would think just it's a shame but what what can you do Phillips don't want to go um so that's that's the unfortunate element there in terms of you know his how he is as a player again if he was more box-to-box maybe or played a bit further forward, then you think, okay, maybe that works because he's a different type of player. But with him being a holding midfielder, it's it's pretty well stocked at the minute. 
and like as much as as much as the Phillips situation may not change much over the next twelve months, you kind of got to give it the opportunity to do so if he is going to stay. And again, you know, City aren't going to spend that money because they've got it. They're not, you know, they're not going to pile up two forty-five million pound midfielders and and see what happens. Um, and yeah, for the squad dynamics and all that kind of thing. So basically, that's why, you know, it, I suppose it would be easy to look at it and go, why don't we just bring him back? You know, he's he's cheap. Forty-five million is not that much. We're going to spend double on Rice, all this kind of thing. But it's just just no just no space for him really. And yes, it was unfortunate. There's the circumstances that have led to him going to Southampton, thriving, and now going to another team. But nobody knew what was going to happen this yeah. time last year. Yeah. Um, another name uh, to throw into the mix uh, because of, obviously his situation is a little bit similar in that sense. In that uh, you look at someone like Taylor Harwood Bellis, who has had a brilliant campaign with the uh, England under twenty ones. But ultimately, I, I was a, a, a couple of people in work today were were asking me about him and, and what I thought of him, and the answer is just simply unfortunate that there's just no room. There's just no room in in, in City squad for for him, and. Like, yeah, pretty much. It's he would he would come in as I mean at, at this stage as well with you know Guardiola most likely to 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 come in and at the moment Laporte having not left it's just like that, that you just can't have another centre back there. No, not at the minute, and th- and, that, and that's the thing with Laporte. If he doesn't end up going and Guardiola doesn't come in, which you know isn't an ideal situation, but we had this two years ago with Laporte and then he came in for the season after and he was brilliant did really well yeah. um, and we know like I, I've, I've done an article on, on Guardiola and his strengths and, and his weaknesses come back to that in a minute um, and I was like I was look, looking at it and I was trying to put it succinctly in terms of the type of footballers that City's defenders are and in terms of Ake and Diaz and Akanji they are more traditional aren't they you know defending before possession and being able to play switching passes yeah. and they you know they're not very expansive in their passing but they are very good at it aren't they like we've talked about Diaz holding onto the ball and being brave enough to hold it and hold it and hold it and Akanji you know going forward to play that pass to Bernardo in the Champions League final you know he's no mug they're no mugs in possession yeah. but they're not you know Laporte they're not Stones and I've mentioned Stones is kind of a, a blend of the two um, you know really solid defender and like excellent on the ball and not can obviously play midfield and do all that sort of stuff and I was tempted to say Laporte is more at the other end of the spectrum, like more of a a ball player, but not so much of a good defender. And like, okay, he's not as good of a defender as the others, but like he is not as far off as I was tempted to put. Yeah. Because, you know, on his day, and it's not just, it's not patchy, you know, it's not just a few games here and there. He's had full seasons, you know, until he got injured, that was a season and a half. And then the start of that season when he got injured, where he was... Fantastic. And then when he came back, um, yeah, that season after he wanted to leave, so that would have been 21-22. Fantastic again. Um, and then, yeah, this season he's had another down, but he has been he has been great. Um, so basically what you want from Guardiol, if Laporte does move on and Guardiol comes in, is um, what he what he's expected to be. And like at Leipzig, they, you know, they've they've referred to him as the Erling Haaland of defenders. And, you know, people who have worked with him in that Red Bull setup, you know, think he could be one of the best defenders of all time, you know, in terms of the spread of attributes. Yeah. You know, big, um, strong, quick enough, good defender, like really creative on the ball, you know, could switch the play, uses both feet, um, can play like slide roll, passes along the floor, um, you know, aerial switches, that kind of thing. Um, balls in behind. You can easily, you know, there's clips I've seen of him playing balls in behind. You just think, 
considering basically De Bruyne was the only one comfortable and capable of playing balls in behind for Haaland last year, you could really use that. You know, there's not many times when teams play a high line against City, but it's not. It's probably not as rare as we would have expected a few a few months ago, mm. given the amount of teams we've done man to man in the last few months. Um, so you think you could really see him there? But I'll tell you what. So why scout is this? It, it is a scouting platform, but it feels like I can't really call it that because you know, if ac- if journalists have got access to it, then how you know how sufficient can it be? Um, but you know, it gives you the ability to go on and go to the events tab and they've kind of cut down everything they do in all their games to certain categories. So you can look at shooting, short passing, long passing, um, aerial duels, that kind of thing. And when I went on last week to have a look at him, I was like, oh, what should I look at first? And I was like, oh, 1v1 defending. Because obviously that's taken on such importance, hasn't it? To yeah, in the last... How City played. Six months or so, if, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, And especially like for me, what we've been talking about in my articles and our podcast and stuff... I've been talking about how that big that's been for Pep and the four centre-backs thing for next season and how's he going to fit in. So I was like, well, I'm going to look, look at this first. And after a few, I was like, is this guy ever going to win one of these? Oh, fucking hell. Like, it, there, was, like, there was a few. It was more It was more Otamendi than Diaz because he can be really aggressive and come out. But it's like, he doesn't always get there. Like, if, fairly rarely gets there. And so in terms of that um, 1v1 defending... If you know, because the bar is so high now, it's easy. It's easy for us to imagine that you know Diaz, Ake, Akanji never missed a tackle in that last lot of four months of the season, or even two months, three months. It, you can just think, well, that these guys, they won everything they they went they went for. Nobody got around them. You know that that old Van Dyke stat. I've never been dribbled past or whatever. You can you can see these guys with rose tinted glasses, but and and you know and that might be a problem if City do sign Guardiola and then he tries to you know, step out of the line to go and tackle someone and they just run around him and go, that didn't happen when he was Nathan Ake. <laughs> so, so, and so that's one, that is what one thing to bear in mind, but obviously I've had to be very careful to find the right balance in the article. Cause like I said before, you know, people think he could be the, one of the best centre backs of all time. So that's what we're looking at. And City aren't going to, you know, as far as I know, there's no, there's no real, cause you, you, you could easily imagine in a, in a league like Germany or just any foreign league, basically, where a team like City comes along and they'll go, yeah, okay, we'll pay 100 million for him. And loads of like regular watchers of a player and a team be like, what's that big English club doing spending ridiculous amount of money on him? Like, he can't defend. Or like, you could get, you can imagine it in the French league where they, they just keep producing like amazing players year after year. Like, Leon will sell players for 60 million, then they'll just get someone else in and they'll go again. You could easily imagine them going, why is this guy going for 100 million? Because I could name you him, him, and him who can defend better than him. There is no consensus of that in Germany it's not like City being ripped off people do think he's quality but it's just an interesting thing to note that you know at 21 years old he is a very exciting signing for City and it does make loads of sense because what I've put in the article is I didn't know anything about Edison when he was signing for City and I saw the odd people the odd person on on Twitter say I should sign this guy and I was like Brazilian goalkeeper from Benfica what <laughs> and then when when they when I, when I knew they were actually going to try sign him, I had a look at some clips. It wasn't it wasn't on Y Scout then. I don't know where it was. And I saw some of the passing, and I was like, "Oh shit! I can see exactly how this works." And I remember thinking, like, if he can play that accurately over such long distances from goal kicks, teams won't be able to press City. And obviously, that was back in the day when you think teams would press City, whereas yeah. now they obviously wouldn't. But like, if they push up, but he can go long, 
then there's going to be some real interesting variation in what City can do. And obviously, I suppose the highlight of that was in the Centurion season, that goal at Everton away, when City had runners deep and Everton dropped deep, but they also had people coming short. So the forwards pushed up and, and he just picked out Sane in, on the centre circle, which was amazing. One of, not, still one of my favourite City goals. Honestly, not even my favourite one of those that Edison did that season. Um Start of that season, Huddersfield, yeah, yeah. And that was yeah. because uh, Aguero just went, can't be offside from a goal kick, and went and stood on the yeah, penalty yeah. area at the other end, and Edison just went, all right then, over the top yeah. we go. I wish, they'd, just, try, yeah. I wish they'd try it more often. I want to see it I with mean, Haaland. Kind of, I want to see it with Haaland. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't that, was it? It was similar with Haaland against Brighton. Do you remember when they'd gone man-to-man? At the start of the season, the home game, it was probably like October time. And there was a, Welbeck went down injured, they had a team talk, and Guardiola was telling Haaland to drop in and look, I can't remember what he was saying, but whatever he did tell him on the touchline was obviously what they did on the pitch. Yeah. And Edison played that ball over the top. And that's when he ran round and he just barged Lewis Dunk out of the way. He ran round the keeper, barged Dunk out of the way and <laughs> slid it in. Like, just a hilarious Haaland goal with Edison in it as well. Like, one of the funniest, kind of driest humour goals you'll ever see <laughs> from, from City. But yeah, so like going back to looking at Edison, going, I can see how this would work. Like, Guardiola, in terms of what he brings, is like, yeah, I get it. I can see why they're spending the money. He's 21 years old. He could be there forever. You know, he's obviously desperate to come. We talked about Rice being not exactly desperate to come. Um, he obviously is. So it, it's it's an exciting one. But it was just interesting because you know, I went on thinking, well, this guy's great. I haven't seen too much of him. Apart from, you know, having a shocker against City this season at the Etihad and getting torn to bits by an injured Messi. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. But yeah, the, the one-to-one defending was like, I watched loads of clips, like loads of them. Yeah. And obviously some of them are absolutely fine, but some of them are just like, well, if, so sometimes he's aggressive and steps up and just doesn't get there. And sometimes if he's just um, kind of 1v1 stood up against him, we're kind of used to seeing, especially Diaz, standing him up, standing him up, standing him up, bang, gets the ball. And he's just so good at that. Um, and Ake's really good at, you know, Ake's been great man-to-man on. Guardiola mentions the jobs he's done on Salah and Saka and players like that. Um, but sometimes, you know, Guardiola, if he's just one on one, it'll just be like Ooh. a bit. It's a bit Laporte actually. He won't commit, and he won't fully back off, but he just won't really affect it in any way. Yeah. Um, but again, he's twenty one, so you know what they're getting into. Um, he is an exciting signing, but that's just an interesting kind of thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, you said something about uh, Laporte that uh, rang one of my uh, football cliche alarm bells, um, which was uh, on his day. Um, he's yeah. like one of the best defenders, and I love that because, I, like, can you put together an eleven of City players that on their day best in the world? Because, like, the, the only like the counter argument to anything in that is just yeah, but on his day. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the thing is, you do have that because. Cancelo's a bad example because yeah, but on his day, Cancelo's not. Yeah, but Cancelo's <laughs> not an on his day player, though, is he? Like an on his day player is, you know, they're they're dropping they're dropping stinkers way too often. You know, Cancelo wasn't really having his. He, he would have the odd stinker, but it'd mainly be at a high level for a long time. Or like Laporte, he'd be at a high level for a long time, but maybe in Champions League games that's when he'd have a mistake. Yeah. So you can't, I don't, so for me, you can't say oh, on his day with those two because they are really good. It's just maybe, you know, their ceiling is slightly below the very, very best players around, but they're still amazing. They should still, in fact, another thing I saw while I was away for a few days, 
the idea that Juve think 30 million euros is too much for Laporte. Are you fucking joking? <laughs> That's half price. That is half price. Like, if they're taking the piss, if they if they think he's not worth 30 million euros, that is genuinely a fucking joke. Um, that I'm, I was going to put in the article, but I, it, I was running out of words. The youth team one, because it, it, it wasn't just about youth sales, it was about sales in, in general. But the main focus that needs explaining is the youth side of it, obviously, because... You know, getting fifty million for Raheem Sterling doesn't really need explaining, does it? You've got good players there who people want to sign. But I was going to say, with Laporte and Cancelo, they should easily be sixty million pound players mm. each. Because on their day, um, <laughs> no, not no, not on their day. On most days, on most days, they'll be fantastic, um, and we've seen that. Um, but just for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like City are going to get anywhere near those amounts. Obviously, with Cancelo, you know the situation there. City are desperate to get rid of him, so they got no leverage, uh, and no one around Europe's got the money. But like they, those players, they should be going for loads. Um, but yeah, so and on their day, City eleven is difficult from the Guardiola era because they they have their day most days. The o- the only name that I think goes straight into my on their day City eleven, uh, he did cross over to Guardiola slightly, but only in that first season. Uh, is absolutely Jesus Navas on his day, brilliant. Most days, not great. Yeah, exactly. I, I I tell you who's not at that level, but probably more so than Cancelo and Laporte and a very much a Guardiola one, Sane. Because not just Sane at City. Because in seventeen eighteen that mm. wasn't on his day at all. He was just fucking brilliant. But eighteen nineteen, you know when I was talking about peaks and troughs, he was either 10 out of 10 or 2 out of 10. He didn't know what you were going to get. But more so Bayern since then. Sometimes he's amazing and sometimes he's just not. So yeah. I think over the kind of, not just his time at City, because he had one great season and then one up and down, but... I think over the course of his career since 1718, um, I think you've got an, an honest day player there in Sane, which is a shame. Maybe it goes back to the knee thing, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's one we'll go back to for <laughs> for details, but um, that that won't be for. We've got enough detailed shows to take us up to start the season, now, haven't we? So yeah. that'll be after one. I'll get once I get back um, to England after well after the season started, we'll we'll be doing. Yeah, in fact, if anyone's got any suggestions for an On His Day City 11, send them in. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. If you subscribe via Memberfault, then we hear from Calvin Phillips and we talk about his struggles since moving to City, don't we, Sam? Yeah, he's been talking about last season, how it panned out. He talked a bit about the overweight stuff after the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, we talk about that. Uh, we talk about how he's preparing for next season already and how next season might pan out for him. Yeah, well, that's uh, all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and out earlier as well. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, hello at lmtpod.com is the way to do it. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for LMTPod. There's plenty of extra content completely free on there. Thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.